Hello, hello, beautiful people of the world. Welcome back to another week of DQ with Damani. I am your host, Damani, the Tigre, here. And I am very, very, very disappointed. It seems like a lot of cold openings to these shows have started with me saying that I'm disappointed with the sport of boxing. But this week, unfortunately, is no different. Let's get straight into it. So, let's get down to business. Let's talk about my man Tim Sue, the man from down under the face of Australian boxing. Of course, I believe that title used to go to George Cambosos, but he's been kind of off the radar, y'all. He's been a little quiet. Haven't seen a lot of talk from George Cambosos recently, mostly because he has focused on taking on Max Hughes. I hope that this is for the IBO championship, but that's enough about the lightweight division. Let's focus on our boy Tim Sue, the up-and-coming 154-pound WBO champion, he just knocked out Carlos Ocampo in one round, a minute and 17 seconds into the first round. I just want to let y'all just sit on that for just a moment. This man took him out in a minute and 17 seconds. The record for knockouts across boxing is 10 seconds. Just just sit on it. Just sit on it, y'all. Because it's ridiculous how people were talking about Tim Su a year ago. Oh, he's not credible. Oh, his chin might be soft. That man, Okambo, tried his best to crack Tim Su's chin. And he just kept coming forward. It looked like a horror movie scene. Okambo's eyes were, like, wider than a Street Fighter Four character about to eat an Ultra Combo. If you ever played Street Fighter 4, I sure, I, I'm 100,000% sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because that man was fearing for his life. And I do really feel bad for him because while Tim Su was giving his victory speech, that man was in the locker room already tearing up. He was crying. And he was crying hard. I I, I felt bad for him because sometimes you take a, a real long camp, sometimes longer than four weeks, just training for an opportunity like that at a world championship. And then you get taken out like that. It feels like you wasted all of that time, money, energy, taking sometimes you're even taken away from your family to be able to train for a fight. And he felt horrible and it really made me sad. But we do have to celebrate the victor, Tim Sue. Let's let's chop it up about this undisputed fight, because I know this is the match that everybody has been waiting for, especially now that talks have been increasing between himself and Canelo and him potentially being the next champion and this and that and all that foolishness. Let's just start from the very base level. Tim Sue might just be the man to break the Charlo spell. He might just be the one to just, just evaporate all the magic surrounding the Charlo brothers because, oh my goodness, this boy has some serious power in both of his hands. He didn't even need a body shot. He just aimed straight for, he just aimed straight for Carlos's chin. And it was there. It was right there ripe for the taking like a banana on the island just snatched his chin and he i i'm just baffled by how quickly he was able to move around the work around the ring sorry charlo might have him have some serious issues with that let's let's not sugarcoat it he's gonna have some problems with sue's speed because charlo hasn't faced an opponent who moves as fast as tim sue before he hasn't at all. And Tony Harrison is a very flat-footed, 
very stand straight in front of you kind of fighter. He's not the kind of fighter who takes their time, gets different looks, shifts around the ring, sometimes switches the guard as well. Tony Harrison was not that type of boxer. He was a little hesitant at times with Charlo in the second fight, which is what, of course, led to him getting knocked out. But let's just face it. Once again, Charlo has not faced an opponent as fast as Tim Su. And if he underestimates his speed, he's going to be in for a rude awakening. I do not see Charlo winning this fight by just underestimating the speed at which Sue both moves around the ring and throws his punches because he was very quick with his hands against Carlos Ocampo as well. So do I think this is a still, still a 50-50 fight? I have to be honest. I got to keep it 100 because like I say, every single episode on my show, we keep it 100 on the DQ with Damani podcast. I don't think that this is a 50-50 fight anymore. The rate of activity for Tim Su has been a lot higher. The lack of injuries for Tim Su is also going to give him a serious advantage over Charlo because he broke his hand. I, I believe it was his right hand he ended up breaking. And that's not a good sign for somebody who's going to need his right hand to deliver a crushing shot that might just be the knockout shot to take out Tim Su. He's going to need that right hand. Of course, we've seen men go into the ring and fight one-handed. For instance, Javante Davis against our boy, although he's a bit of a duck, a little quack quack going on, Aflac, Pitbull Cruz. Of course, as we all know, Javante Tank Davis broke his hand against Pitbull Cruz, who had a very high and tight guard. So that was to be expected. You might just hurt your hand against a guy who has a tight guard like that. But Tank was ever told he was 100% capable with just a singular hand. So if it does come down to it, Charlo re-injures his hand. There's there's 100% a possibility that he will be able to continue. But he does seriously need that power hand, that rear hand, to get ahead. He's going to need it. He really will. So I would rather be honest with you guys than lie and say, oh, Charlo's going to knock him out. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. I have to be honest with you guys. I do think it's more of a 75-25 fight due to the inactivity of Charlo compared, excuse me, wow, compared to the recent heavy activity of Tim Su. He has taken fights as long as people are willing to say yes to him as well. So I'm, I'm a little scared now. I'm, I'm a little concerned, especially after this last performance, a knockout within the first minute in I wouldn't say minute and a half. Let's just round it down to the first minute of a fight. It's it's kind of scary. He's sending a clear message to Charlo. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to drag you into the deep waters and I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable in there. And I hope that Charlo is making the proper adjustments with head coach Derek James. He's got guys like Anthony Joshua. He's got guys like Ryan Garcia. He's got guys like the undisputed champion at 147 pounds. Errol Spence to help him out. I hope he's making those adjustments because Tim Sue is going to make him very uncomfortable in there. So this weekend, we've got our boy from Puerto Rico, Edgar Berlanga versus Jason Quigley. I really do like this fight for Berlanga, mostly because of how satisfying of an opponent this is for all the people who were hating on him for taking lesser competition while he was with top rank. This is going to be his first fight on Matchroom slash The Zone. 
and I could not be more excited. I saw my boy Fat Joe out there representing with him when they went to go watch a game together. I know Fat Joe is going to be in his corner that same night this weekend. Overall, though, I do have to say I'm very pleased with the opposition. This man, Jason Quigley, although a lot of people don't know him here in America or even the West in general, do not know that this man is ranked number one of all super middleweights in his home nation of Ireland, and he is ranked number 20 worldwide across the 168-pound division. So I have absolutely zero doubt that he is going to put up a great fight. All of the lead-up promos to the fight this weekend have looked amazing. I just saw a face-off between himself and Berlanga earlier today with Berlanga talking some serious trash. I'm going to roll that for you all. So earlier today, Eddie Hearn came on the DAZN Boxing Podcast, and he said that he likes the chances of an Adrian Broner-Regis pro-grade fight happening. I wanted to skip over back to the original topic at hand for this week's episode because Don King is cooking. Well, you know, right now, you know, there's this guy named Oscar De La Hoya. You know, he sent out a waiver, and he wants to meet with us. We're going to talk about it. Nah, let him know. If he want to come over here, we got a fish net for him. Okay, we got whatever, whatever he say. That's whatever he say, because we're the problem here, man. Hey, Oscar, you heard what he said. You know what I mean? Come over here, get that fishnet, and I'm going to kick whoever I asked you to put in the ring with me. All righty, did you hear that, Oscar, baby? He really wants to fight with A.B. and somebody across the street, either it, whether that's Golden Boy, Matchroom, zone, he wants a fight across the borders. And I do think that Don King can get it done. And Eddie Hearn, he said that he loves Don King. He respects his work. He really likes A.B. He has a very suitable name. But there are some names ahead of A.B., those being Ryan Garcia, and for some strange reason, Roly. Roly. Ahead of A.B. is very strange to hear, but it's reasonable because A.B. does not have a belt, while Roly does this time a legitimate belt at 140 pounds. I do like the title picture right now, like I mentioned last week, for Regis Progray and the other champions, such as Matias. But... We need A.B. in there against Progray. I, I know that the trash talk would be exceptional. Exceptional. But, like always, the business of boxing is terrible. Paperwork makes the paper work. And the money right now is looking very good for both sides. A.B. got a sizable payday off of Bill Hutchinson. Regis Progray made some pretty good money with his show out in the Smoothie King Arena down in New Orleans. So it's not out of the question that we could be seeing this fight very soon if they want to give Regis Progray a stay busy challenger or they could take the long route, fight Ryan Garcia, fight Subria Matias, fight Broly, get those three belts together and everybody's waiting for Teofimo Lopez because now we are hearing, unfortunately, well, I can't really say unfortunately because it does open up these fights to happening that Teofimo Lopez did not vacate his titles. Word on the street was that he did and that his retirement was official. But now we are hearing today, this morning, Tuesday, that this is not the case. So there's plenty of options for Regis Progre, plenty of options for AB. I just want to see these guys get these fights done. My man Regis Progre did not have a good time for his debut on matchroom boxing. I know a lot of people were 
Very excited to see Rugaru Progre back in action against Danielito Zorilla. But of course, he did not deliver. We had a situation just like Ryan Garcia and Emmanuel Tego. There was not a lot of action. I just found out earlier the CompuBox numbers were 82 punches overall throughout the entire 12-round WBC Super Lightweight Championship bout. There was only 82 punches thrown, which is a new record for lowest amount of punches thrown in a championship fight. The previous number was 91, and that was produced by our boy Rigondao. Unfortunately, it was really just a bad showing overall from Zorilla. He really did not want to press the note on the match. Absolutely zero punches were thrown with serious effort. I did not see any sort of offensive pressure applied by Zoria. I counted in one round. He only took two steps forward. This was around the eighth round going into the ninth. He only took two steps forward that round. He spent most of the match circling the ring, finding a way to throw a jab, cross, left hook from the perimeter instead of trying to step inside. And when Progre did manage to get inside with his looping overhands and the left hooks to the body, he was immediately thrown straight into a clinch. So it really was just a horrible, horrible, horrible fight to watch from Zoria. Of course, Progre, he really didn't have an opponent that was willing to engage. And thus, most of the fight was done on a bicycle. It was mostly just Progre chasing him. It looked like an episode of Tom and Jerry. I was really just offended by the way that Zoria was fighting, mostly because they talked about his pedigree of fighting. A lot of people believed that Zoria was going to potentially shock Progre, but it only seemed past the first round that he tasted the power, and that was just about it. He just decided to stay away for the entire fight. So if we can work something out for everybody across the board, it seems like what we are going to work out is the understanding that Progre needs opponents that are going to give him a fight. That, in my opinion, was not a fight. That was just a chase scene from Scooby-Doo. And I'm very disappointed with the fact that a lot of people are trying to put this on Progre like it was his fault. How could you look at Regis Progre and say that this fight was terrible because of him? When you have an opponent that's unwilling to engage with you, it's really, really, really imperative that everyone understands that it's not your fault. When Ryan Garcia, the golden child, the golden girl, fought Emmanuel Tego, I didn't see anyone pissed at ryan garcia for that everybody was like oh well it just wasn't his night he was fighting an opponent who was running away he was hugging too much but when it comes to regis program we don't keep that same energy i don't understand what it is with boxing fans worldwide but something's got to get figured out when it comes to the responses to fights like this because it really just it breaks my heart to see people dogging on program online it really does and i hope that he gets another massive opportunity in the future i am hoping it will be adrian broner next a lot of people are saying it might be Ryan Garcia, but that might be an issue considering the fact that he is possibly going to BBC. And as we all know, Al Heyman does not like sharing his fighters across the border. It did. It's a little tricky when it comes to getting those guys across the dotted line from PBC, but we might be seeing that soon as well. Cheers to Regis Progre. He had a debatable performance in New Orleans, but I'm glad that he got the fight at home. So, this weekend, we've got our boy from Puerto Rico, Edgar Berlanga versus Jason Quigley. I really do like this fight for Berlanga, mostly because of how satisfying of an opponent this is for all the people who were hating on him for taking lesser competition while he was with top rank. This is going to be his first fight on Matchroom slash The Zone. 
and I could not be more excited. I saw my boy Fat Joe out there representing with him when they went to go watch a game together. I know Fat Joe is going to be in his corner that same night this weekend. Overall, though, I do have to say I'm very pleased with the opposition. This man, Jason Quigley, although a lot of people don't know him here in America or even the West in general, do not know that this man is ranked number one of all super middleweights in his home nation of Ireland, and he is ranked number 20 worldwide across the 168-pound division. So I have absolutely zero doubt that he is going to put up a great fight. All of the lead-up promos to the fight this weekend have looked amazing. I just saw a face-off between himself and Berlanga earlier today, with Berlanga talking some serious trash. I'm going to roll that for y'all. Your mom said it, y'all. Hey? Your mom said it. This is your barn, over there? This is my city. Yeah, you're, you're in the trenches, man. I know that. I know I'm in your city. You're in the trenches. Not in Donegal, no. This is New York. I know what's my, my city, city, what's not my city. It's uh, my city. It's good. Mm. Ireland's my city, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever, lad. Whatever. I'll make this my city Saturday night. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. So, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I love my fellow brother, Berlanga. He's, he's, he's a young black king, young Puerto Rican king. You know, I got love for him. But we're not just going to skip over the fact that my man called Ireland a city. Since when was Ireland a city, Berlanga? Come on, man. You're doing bad on all the islands, man. Come on. That was foolishness. But <sighs> geography screw up aside, Berlanga is going to put a beating on Quigley. And I know Quigley is going to put a beating on Berlanga. So we are going to have a very back and forth fight. I do believe that this will be a 50-50. This is not a Tim Sue and Jamal Charlo, my apologies, Jamel Charlo situation. I do think that this fight will be 50-50. It'll be a very back and forth fight because of their styles. And like the great one, Showtime Sean Porter. Showtime, shout out to Porterway Podcast. He really needs to understand that styles make fights. Every single great boxer and great coach will tell you that styles make fights. And the styles that are going to clash together this Saturday, June 24th, are as, it, 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 I can't stress enough that there are going to be fireworks. And let's just keep in mind the streak that I've had on the show. Every single time I've come on here, whether it's a gaming chair, a wooden chair, or the floor with a pillow in the projects, I have told y'all. It's going to be fireworks. I have delivered, and those fights have been fireworks. So I need you all, whether you're watching it on a suspect Russian website with a couple questionable ads for some products that I will not name, or you're watching it legally on the zone, please tune in Saturday, June 24th for Berlanga versus Jason Quigley. All right, everybody, that just about brings us to the end of another wonderful week of DQ with Jamani. I am your host, Jamani Le Tigre Nasir, and I am eternally grateful to all of you beautiful people around the world for listening to my show. Thank you so much for choosing this show as your weekly source of boxing news, lifestyle, and analysis. As always, please be safe. Watch those fights this Saturday. God bless.
Just before we leave off of the week, I want to start something new. I'd like to start a series covering fighters who aren't necessarily famous, don't necessarily have a big name, but are regional superstars, arguably. And this week's edition of that series will be on none other than the Black Forge's very own Willow William Hayden. I do love Willow. I follow him on Instagram. I've been a big fan of his for a couple years now. He's 6-0, fighting out of Dublin, Ireland. I do think he has a really great chance at making some noise in the lightweight 135-pound division. Now, if you know anything about boxing, you know that the Irish are really good at it. We just got done talking about Jason Quigley, who's ranked number one in his respective weight class. So we got to give this man, Mr. Hayden, the same exact respect that we gave Mr. Quigley. So let's just start off with this man's jab. He has a very good amateur pedigree from what... We all understand he had a very good time over in amateurs in Europe, and it very may well have carried over into the professional rankings because this guy is very quick with his left hand. He uses it both as a place finder and he whips it out quite similarly to a cobra would stick its head out, dart right back in. It looks amazing on camera. It looks amazing to see in person from what I have seen from some film from people in the crowd, his jab is incredibly fast. And he's making a lot of noise in the domestic and international circuit. I would like to see this man put on a couple of more great performances, get up there, get a serious name on his resume, because, oh boy, Conor McGregor is backing him. The fact that he's sponsored by McGregor's own line of restaurants and bars tells you everything you need to know about this guy, Willow Hayden. I love the way that he fights. He manages distance excellently. His ring generalship is impeccable. But I would like to see him in there with some guys who are going to make him a bit more uncomfortable. He shows a lot of respect inside and outside of the ring, which I do think a lot of fans and fighters alike appreciate. We got a lot of guys who are trying to build their personality based off of just talking trash and being rude. But Willow, he really makes a serious effort to respect all of the guys that he's in there with. I just watched... A very good fight of his between himself and Marian Marias Istrate from Romania, trains out of Spain. And before every single round and after every single round, he touched gloves with him. Even when he taunted him when Istrate missed a huge overhand left, he still touched gloves with him after he taunted him. So sportsmanship is great. Technique is great. And I do think that he will go very far in the 135-pound division. Make sure you check him out. Willow Hayden on Instagram. I'm not sure if he has a Twitter or not, but I do suggest you checking him out on there as well. Anyway, you will find more likely than not his highlights. Please, please, please support this man. All right, everybody. That just about brings us to the end of another wonderful week of DQ with Damani. I am your host, Damani Le Tigre Monsieur, and I am eternally grateful to all of you beautiful people around the world for listening to my show. Thank you so much for choosing this show as your weekly source of boxing news, lifestyle, and analysis. As always, please be safe. Watch those fights this Saturday. God bless you.